This episode is brought to you by EFG Holding, a trailblazing financial institution with a universal bank in Egypt and the leading investment bank in the Middle East and North Africa. Hi, I'm Malak Fuad, and thank you for joining me on What I Did Next from ANT Media. I welcome a new guest each episode, and we take a deep dive into their personal journeys, exploring the twists and turns their lives have taken to understand what these pivotal moments mean. On today's episode, curator Nadina Abdel Ghaffar tells me how her childhood experiences led to her building a tremendously successful art platform and why her life's mission is the development of all things culture. My mom has, has taught me life does not just belong to you. You cannot do something just for you. Mm. You have to always do something for other people. Like give back in some way. You have to give back. Yeah. I think what, what I've discovered and what I'm, I try to do is also culturally change people because culture can change people, mm -hmm. can help also develop people, can help uh, um, have people less aggressive. It opens Teach their horizons. the language of peace without Absolutely. speaking it. In a subtle way. In a very subtle exactly. Nadina Abdel Ghaffar is the founder of Art d'Egypte, a multidisciplinary firm that she founded to support art and cultural initiatives. From organic beginnings in 2017, there is now an annual event that has become a celebration of art, installations, and global partnerships. In addition to her work with Art d'Egypte, Nadine is also an art curator with a passion for one of Egypt's most celebrated artists, Mohamed Nagy, and manages their art estate along with members of his family. All of this traces back to Nadine's childhood and particularly her mother's influence. Well, I grew up in Alexandria. Alexandria was a very cosmopolitan city. My mom is an art collector, so I grew up with art. I ha we had artists uh, come over. Uh, my mom, not being fully Egyptian, really helped. I think this French influence made a difference because um, I must say French in general are very cultured. Um, they believe in the value of culture. A lot of countries are more into other things, you know. Um, but French really take the time to inhale culture. That's right. It's a very core part of their existence. Very true. Yeah. Even in the education. Mm -hmm. uh, so my mom would always invite their friends from France and she would always be like the guide, you know, taking them to different cultural places. I must say that the whole community we were raised with are all half Egyptian, half something. Uh, they were all very cultured. I remember going on weekends to Domiat, Rashid, to do like those culture trips yeah. with our parents and their friends. Something that we don't really do now with our kids. That's right. Which is a big shame, I think. Very big shame. Yeah. There were some icons in Alexandria, like Jean-Yves Empereur, who's lived for 20 years in Alexandria, founded Centre de Recherche Francais d'Alexandrie, uh, he's the one that discovered the sunken treasures of Alexander. He was a very important man. But of course, as a child, I didn't even know who he was. Is it still operational, his his project? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Centre de Recherche is still there. I think now his wife is handling. Um, so it's very interesting how even one of my friends came from Paris just to take a stage with him. Uh, we would go on archaeological sites with the archaeologists uh, while they were digging, while they were excavating. So that for me was something that was fascinating. I never thought of 
becoming an Egyptologist yeah. or an archaeologist. But the but... French are, are also very, very um, attuned to Egypt. Very it's much. still very much a part of their fascination. Very true. And so they have a strong link with the country on this very deep cultural level. That's why yeah. I mean I believe that this is really thanks to to my mom. Uh, also Dr. Muhammad Awad, who for me was the fighter, you mm. know, he fought for all the um, to save all the amazing old heritage buildings in yeah. Alexandria. Um, and he did it selflessly, you know, he dedicated his life to that. But the, the, the sadness now is that they are st they are being removed, of course. But imagine if he yeah. hadn't done. And this is something I learned from Farouk Hosni. Um, Farouk Hosni also being from Alexandria. It's like a bit Alexandria. Yes, yeah. and, a, and a painter in his own right as of well. Of course. Yeah. But I mean, he was one of the people that taught me patience. Mm. Of course. I mean, what we do is very difficult. I mean, I cry all the time. It's hard. You Frustrating. Know? Sometimes I yeah. say, okay, should I give up? Um, and he would always tell me, okay, we are minus 80%. If you do plus 10. Mm. So he would tell me even small steps are important. So imagine if Muhammad Awad hadn't done what That's he right. had done, what would be Alexandria today? Although yeah. it is deteriorating very fast, but I mean, we need people like that. That's we, very important. We need to preserve our own heritage. Yeah, it's it's absolutely. essential. And we don't have a history of that in the Middle East of doing this at all. Of course. Yeah. Not, well, especially not in Egypt. Mm. Well, we should do. We had. The Beaux-Arts, that is not far, uh, was inaugurated in 1908. We were the first Beaux-Arts in the region. Yeah. So um, how can all this disappear? Yeah. So this is really important. And for many years, um, well, also the Negi story is a funny story because um, God bless his soul, Onsi Negi um, had inherited the, the Negi artworks. And since I was a kid, I mean, he's very close friends with my parents. And he was like, ah, my aunt and her work. And he had one wish to fulfill. And I'm still trying to fulfill that wish is to do a monograph on Aifat and Muhammad Nagy. And in my opinion, they were very interesting siblings mm. uh, because they were both artists. They both didn't have children. They both really left their life for art. Um, and that estate was thrown upon me, you know, mm. um, Uncle Onsi at that time told me, look, I trust you. I don't want someone commercial. I trust you with a portfolio. So we started with the family, with uh, Walid Negi, thank God mm. he's here with me yeah. because it would have been a tough job alone um, to start placing uh, Aifat on the international arena, Aifat and Muhammad. What did you study at university? I wanted to study art. Yeah. And my dad told me, well, art, you can, you can study. You don't need to go to university to study art. And he's like, do something that can help you with different skills. So I did marketing. Mm -hmm. When I was still in my first year in university, I, um, I had a training session in one of the companies in Paris that does decorative uh, paint finishes. So the old Italian Venetian stucco, the frescoes, all of these things. Right. And it was very decorative and I loved it. The, the manager was ha very happy with my performance. And I was like, look, I want to try this in Egypt. 
And he sent me a huge number as samples. Yeah. And I started selling them from my parents' house. Mm. <laughs> Uh, we had the staircase to the garden, <laughs> so I had this as my stored as there. my uh, paint <laughs> lab, um, and I got a couple of painters from Alexandria that were very smart. We have very skilled labor, and I taught them how to how use interesting. It. And I started selling them to my parents' friends. So I did my mom's house, and then everyone was like, "Wow, interesting!" But this is wall paint. Wall paint. Wall paint. Wall okay. Paint. And I realized that while doing that, I was also doing interior design because I would help the clients pick out, you know, the fabric, the colors, but I needed to know everything. I needed to know the style of the house, the colors. But it's interesting because it's completely an organic uh, evolution for you. It was never um, a formalized education. And it was never a formalized no, but career I mean, choice. It's um, you go into a company, you see a product line, you think it has potential, and I did really well. Yeah. So you married I, the oh, two I, elements. Yeah, yeah. I even opened a company called Veradeco at the time, while I was doing the decorative paints, and I started doing interior design. So I went to KLC Design School in London. Did but courses. this came later, didn't it? This all came uh, with, I mean, with the, with opening the the paints. I see. Okay. Um, so as well, you know, and I had always the art advising part. As yes. I told you, I felt responsible for Negi. Mm. I was quite connected to the art world worldwide. And so this is how the art advising came in. I started working uh, on the portfolio of Negi on trying to to have um, collectors from around the world collect Egyptian art. Actually, our first supporter was Sultan Al-Qasmi. Oh, really? <laughs> and honestly, he has the most amazing energy. He has a great he's eye. Done yeah. so much he has. for art in the region. Did you hear his episode? Yeah, you sent yeah, it, sent to, it to, to me. <laughs> you can listen to my conversation with Sultan Al-Qasmi in your podcast app or via the link in our show notes. When we come back in a moment, Nadine tells me about Art d'Egypte. That's right after this short break. This episode is brought to you by EFG Holding. For 40 years, EFG Holding has been realizing more for its clients across its three distinct verticals. EFG Hermes, the investment bank, EFG Finance, the non-bank financial institutions platform, and AI Bank, the commercial bank for clients looking to EFG Holding as a gateway to the most compelling equities in frontier and emerging markets. EFG Holding is for investors looking into renewables, healthcare, and education, for consumers seeking innovative solutions to achieve financial freedom, from purchasing a home to educating their children, for businesses of all sizes working to unlock their full potential, for shareholders who require visibility, profitability, and confidence in our growth strategies, and for communities in need of sustainable development to drive change. EFG Holdings' goal is to build an ecosystem of businesses that work seamlessly together to provide clients with best-in-class, end-to-end financial solutions at every stage of their lives or the growth of their businesses, creating a positive impact on our society, economy, and the environment. EFG Holding is a trailblazing financial institution with a universal bank in Egypt and the leading investment bank in the Middle East and North Africa. See the world differently and realize more with EFG Holding. Welcome back to my conversation with Nadine Abdel Ghaffar. 
How did the idea of what we now understand as Art d'Egypte with the big spectacle and the big uh, exhibitions, the outdoor exhibitions and the gala event. Tell me the origin of all this. How did this concept come to you? The idea of promoting Egyptian art when, uh, of course, I talked to Sultan before he bought Egyptian art. Yes. I did a couple of exhibitions here and there, but it, it was all small. And when this idea came to mind, of course, it was a bit strange. One for archaeologists. What is this crazy girl? She wants to put weird art because contemporary art is not really seen in yeah, Egypt. And not understood. What you have is usually galleries. We don't really have platforms. So a gallery is a space where you have the artwork, the sculpture, you know, the things that you would put in your home. Yeah. But uh, land art or installations. installations is not really common. Um, and I must say that at that time, Dr. Khalid Al-Anani was the Minister of Antiquities, very open-minded. He's seen what happens in the rest of the world, whether in Italy, in Venice, Cadoro, for instance, is, is filled with art, all those palaces. Um, museums and in, in, in the entire world you have this I'm not really reinventing the wheel but to I was like there's such a strong uh, transcendence as well um, one of my uh, the people that I miss also so much is uh, Adam Hanin um, and whenever we used to go and chat and you know when I told him he was the first artist I approached those are the last few years of his life. Yeah. Yeah. I told him we're talented. going to exhibit at the museum. He cried. And for a very long time, he would call me the angel. <laughs> and he told me the story of the Egyptian museum. Mm. So when he was eight years old, he went on a regular school trip and he fell in love with the sculptures. And he became a sculptor at that time from that museum. Uh, I, I felt a bit, you know, I had a curatorial board and then I called one of the curators, a friend of mine, uh, Sam Bardawil, and he's like, Nadine, you can do it with all your background. You can do it better than any. He gave me this push, you know. Yeah. So and then I went to Central St. Martin School of Art. I also took like a crash course mm -hmm. in, in curating because I wanted, you know, a sure reassurance sure. that what I was doing was right. That was the right direction. And your target at the time was... Egyptians in just Egyptian just Egypt. art and to show the transcendence and to start getting people from around the world to come see our art in our home. Yes. And at that time, you know, it was 2017 when we launched it. Uh, we were still, you know, seen as the country that had a revolution, yeah. as the Muslim brothers. So for me, it was an important message. And the government quickly supported that they understood it because they said wow we're in tahrir at night with all these people i had isabella jani and louise bourgeois bourgeois sorry come uh and i had collectors from around the world i started thinking of a public private partnership mm -hmm. that was the whole idea the idea was also to support the museum yes that was receiving no funds so I went up to a company, a lighting company, Philips, and I was like, look, please, I need you to do that. I'll give you exposure. I'll put your logo. You do the lighting and it stays for the government. And of course, they sign with the government and everything. And we redid until today. The lighting of the main hall mm. is done since that yeah. exhibition. But that first that first 2017 uh, exhibit or event, 
was what kickstarted the subsequent ones and the partnership with the government. Of course. Right? Uh, so I had many companies help and give things to the government. I had collectors come from around the world. At that time, Zay Hawes gave a lecture. Uh, he supported as well. And I mean, it, and it was very, very successful. Success. Yeah. I had no PR agency. My God, all of this happened. Like the press was insane. Yeah. So that is actually a huge pivot because it was the first, it was one event you probably hadn't thought long term or had you already anticipated? I wanted to take this further. Yeah. And I wanted, you know, that's why I did the company before because right. I felt that there was something there. There was something there. Right. And, and, and it was so real. And I had my heart in the right place. And this is, I think, one of the most important things is to really be honest with yourself. I also think, Nadine, we come to a point where we bring together experiences from our previous jobs, life, whatever. And you find yourself finally in the right place where your abilities match your interest what you love and what is being received by people positively. It's, a, it's the perfect blend of all elements coming together. And it happened at that time for you. Definitely, because so many, I had so many people supporting and I believe that this is not mine. It belongs to so many people. The success behind all of these editions is really the art, the artists, because the artists here is my partner in doing this. Of course. They really invest their time, energy. And they have to be completely on board with you and understanding what you're wanting to of do. Of course. And they become the translators. So they translate the language of the past into the language of today. And the installations are so attractive that people, I mean, it automatically people want to stand, take pictures. Some people, you know, you don't need to be an art connoisseur. And this is the forte of democratizing art. When you have over half a million visitors a year to these exhibitions, it's insane. 70 schools and universities. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, that for me is the best thing about what you've done is that it's these young kids who are engaging with this art that in their normal life, they wouldn't. So this is also one of the things, you know, is the idea of democratizing art. Why do you and your kids in Paris go and see a contemporary art exhibition? Why can't I have this in Egypt? That's right. So I have an abundance of beautiful historical sites. Mm -hmm. I don't need a fancy hotel or a fancy museum. But it also allows the, as you said, the democratization allows for people to see these beautiful palaces. They would never see them otherwise. Exactly. And school trips can begin to and happen. And mind you, yeah. us, half of my friends didn't know that Maniel was open Absolutely. to the public. All of my friends, and this is uh, one of the highlights of every year is when my friends come say, Egypt's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. Go, yeah, come, it's true. See. When we come back, Nadine talks to me about the life lessons that she wants to pass on to the next generation and the origins of Culture Vator, one of her new initiatives extending out of Art d'Egypte. That's right after this break. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about our bonus episodes, available exclusively for subscribers. On each bonus episode, I take a deeper dive into my guests' industries, and I share some extra parts from our conversation. For example, actor and comedian Rami Youssef told me about his thoughts on cancel culture, 
and ex-anchor and now author Hala Gorani told me her thoughts on the future of journalism. All of these great stories are only available on our bonus episodes, so subscribe now to unlock this amazing extra content. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts by clicking the subscribe button or on our website and get instant access to all our bonus episodes with a two-week free trial. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to my conversation with Nadine Abdel Ghaffar. I didn't know that you worked at Unilever as the I beginning did. of your that life. That was like fresh out of university. And I always tell anyone um, that comes out of university, you have to give yourself time. Yeah. And whenever I look at your post, you know, with the steps, I say, oh, my God, the number of stairs yeah. or steps uh, is tremendous. Absolutely. But I have a feeling that these days, you know, maybe because of Instagram, maybe people don't understand that really you need to climb up yep. the stairs step by step. And you need to pay your dues Definitely, because you can yes. only become uh, a person of substance by experiencing lots of little things first. Of and course. it adds to your character, your personality. And my my worry is that the younger generation, you and I have children of similar ages, they don't seem to understand that. They think that they can just become CEOs or entrepreneurs and they don't really know what That's it means. That's exactly a conversation we had with my son yesterday. Um, my husband told him, well, you must uh, work. Okay, so you're in Canada. We gave you the opportunity to pay for university, for housing but you need to support yourself in a way. You need to start working. And it's been a month and we're like, Omar, why aren't you working? Ah, because I'm waiting for the right job. <laughs> Thought it goes There's like, no, no. <laughs> you can be a waiter at yeah. McDonald's. Start by that, yeah, yeah. you know? And he's like, but I want to find a job that will pay me a lot. I'm like, yeah. you're still in university, yeah, exactly. just start. You Do must start and you yeah. must give it the right number of hours. And whenever you start a job, you must give in the right number of years. You cannot, after one or two or three years, say, okay, that's it, I've done. No. That's right. To go to the next step, you really must put a minimum of five to six years yeah. to say, okay, now I can decide to, to take a, a pivotal change or, or, you know, or a step. Yeah. It's very important to have a mentor in life. More than one mentor. Yeah. I've had many mentors. Yeah. And this, I think, is what shapes uh, a person. So my mom was my first mentor and will be my mentor forever. Um, I think also another thing that my mom has has taught me uh, is that life does not just belong to you. You cannot do something just for you. You have to always do something for other people like give back in some way you have to give back yeah so she would take us to orphanages and like things that were quite harsh yeah. sometimes as young children not just give money but go physically and help and, and give your time and give your yeah. time yeah and the number of people that need help is, is a lot and and you can help in different ways you know it's not just um uh, i think what what i've discovered and what I'm I try to do is also culturally change people because culture can change people mm -hmm. um can help also develop people can help uh um have people less aggressive uh it opens teach the, the language of peace 
without Absolutely. speaking it. Absolutely. You know? In a subtle way. In a very subtle exactly. way. Exactly. So I think that for me was very important and that Egyptians are so kind. Getting to know like different lives is also yeah. quite um, it's enriching. a journey. It's enriching to be exposed to different ways of life. It is. Explain a bit more the Cultivator project. 18 months ago, we started working mm -hmm. on Dior. Yes. Uh, again, through art. So through art, Gisela Colon, our amazing artist that exhibited in 2021, did a Lady Dior bag that was entirely dedicated to um, our exhibition Forever Is Now. And the bag was unveiled at our opening. And then the CEO came, fell in love with what he saw and fell in love with the organization. And he's like, Nadine, we want to do something. Mm. So we secretly worked on the fashion show to advise them on everything, you know, the location, the suppliers. Um, we made sure they were very, um, very careful as to what would be appropriate to use as many local suppliers as possible. All of the suppliers that worked on that mm -hmm. were Egyptians. Mm -hmm. Uh, there were a thousand rooms booked from Dior. It's amazing. It was yeah, so it, much the, good. The, the, the economic mean, the, that it, uh, and it the generated PR, so the, much. The PR of course. was insane. Of course, of course. And they worked so hard. Yeah. They really worked so yeah. hard for um, for almost a year to, to, to have this yeah. come out to the light. And we were very proud of yeah, that. Yeah, it was a very good event. Amazing. So Culture Vator was a way to have things easier that that wouldn't just be art any okay. cultural um you know um uh, project that we would do something like Dior would be under culture i see um if we are we might work with something on documentaries and netflix and stuff like that so that would also that would be fall under that umbrella culture vator so that's alongside art d'egypte they're they're separate entities yes. completely separate entities you have a lot going on nadine you have a lot going on. One thing we didn't talk about, which I just want to touch on briefly, is your family life. So I know you're married. You have two children. Um, how have you managed that alongside this huge sort of jump in uh, exposure in the in your job? Uh, you know, you're very busy now compared to what you would have been 10 years ago. How have you managed to marry the two? I tried to raise my children the way my parents raised us, which is being independent. Um, I always sometimes look at my friends and say, well, you know, that's not the right. I mean, don't sit and study with your kids, yeah. you know. Um, my mom never did that. So and I did the same with my kids. You know, I'm not involved. I don't even know what books they have or what they take or this is, you know, I guess it's their life. It's their life. Yeah. It's your life. You succeed. It's for you. You fail. It's uh, you, you know, like yeah. from afar. Yes. Take some corrective action, but that's it. So I think one, I mean, I must thank my kids because some kids wouldn't know how to manage that. Sure. To balance uh, life is very difficult and it's very difficult not to get overwhelmed. You know, I think um, one thing I, 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 think I have sometimes okay I can't say that this is all the time but I don't get uh, overwhelmed with a thousand things you know I take things as one they, at a time they are not one at a time I do like a hundred things at the same time but I mean I, I, I'll sit and concentrate and I'll finish things you know I don't believe in no, a problem has no solution mm -hmm. and I think there it's important to understand that there are no shortcuts 
you cannot do things half half or half heartedly mm -hmm. and expect to have good results. Absolutely. It's not true. Whoever tells you, oh, uh, work uh, less hours but achieve more, it is doesn't not happen. True. You have to be dedicated. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. Nothing is easy. Nothing is bling bling. Whatever you see from the outside, it's taken a lot of work to get taken there. Taken a lot of yep. work and to keep this quality yeah. is very difficult yeah. Yeah. um and you will not find anything that you will do half half that will give you hundred percent right. what is in your cultural inbox these days are you are you a reader do you watch movies do you like tv look a lot of things i wish i had more time to do that um but one thing i recently uh, watched was uh klimt um, they did a small movie on klimt and i think i'm always attached to anything that has a hidden uh, you know connection with egypt and for me klimt uh, was not just an artist but it it showed a bit the art deco movement as well um in terms of using gold leaf uh, um all those uh, ornaments um having these connections with with the rest of the world the story of course i mean when you see you can see part of it is a bit crazy and his life and a life of an artist but for me these layers the people that have layers uh, is so interesting mm -hmm. because you i mean it's it's never ending yeah what else are you are you consuming these days culturally well um travel mainly yeah <laughs> i i was supposed to go to mexico but it was too tight yeah so i have this on my bucket list for next year nadine thank you so much thank you i'm thrilled you're on the show and thank you for coming Thank you. We made it. We did. We did. That was Nadine Abdel Ghaffar, founder of Art d'Egypte. The 2023 edition of Forever Is Now begins on the 26th of October. Nadine is also one of the youngest women to be honored by the French government for her dedication to contemporary creation and the promotion of Egyptian artists abroad. In 2021, she was given the title of Chevalier de l'Ordre des Arts et des Lettres. If you would like to go deeper into the planning and operations of Art d'Egypte and its move to the pyramids, make sure you sign up as a member and listen to our bonus episode coming out next Monday. If you'd like to watch extended clips from our interviews, you can watch them on our YouTube channel and connect with us by searching for What I Did Next on Instagram, X and on LinkedIn. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Malak Fouad and you've been listening to What I Did Next from a Media. <laughs>